I'm always getting asked, what should I do with my engagement ring? Well, I finally have the answer. Sell it with Worthy. I'm partnering with Worthy so you can turn your wedding jewelry into cash, fast and risk-free. Worthy is great because their competitive auctions ensure you get the best deal possible. Over 45,000 people have already moved on by selling with Worthy. If you're ready to move on from your ring, visit worthy.com moms to get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com moms when you're ready to move on. This week on Moms Moving On. How did you see her anxiety subside or change when you started implementing the tools like the calendar? I think it was it was a combination of both my learning how to validate her experience and show her what to expect every day mm-hmm. that was literally like night and day. It was absolutely unreal. Like she would not leave my side. She cried all the time. She had separation anxiety, like she couldn't cope. And then within like three months of my instituting the calendar, it was like the questions stopped about where she was gonna be and when she was gonna see people, which days were school days and all of those things. It was like she was able to relax because she didn't have all this stuff floating around in her head. Life moves on, so why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm so excited to have my friend Sarah Olsher on with us today. You've seen me share her products on Instagram. She is the founder of Mighty and Bright, which is a company that creates activities from the social emotional standpoint for children that me and my friends have just found so helpful in this divorce space. But more than that, she's a survivor, speaker, author, and illustrator. Just a light, like you're going to love her. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me and for that awesome intro. That was really awesome. It's so funny. Like, you know, the divorce world is is small, but growing, but there are just so many impactful people in it. You being one of them, because anything that relates to helping children, I mean, that's where my heart is at in this whole thing, but I I can't wait for you to share your whole story. So where do we even start? Well, I guess we could start with uh, my divorce, which was almost 10 years ago and really was kind of the beginning of everything because I have a background in psychology, but I studied adults And when I got a divorce and my daughter was a year and a half old, she was just having a ton of anxiety. And it was really worrying to me, just like the level uh, that she was experiencing. And so I decided to take her to a therapist, which my ex-husband was like, okay, really? Like, what is a year and a half year old going to get out of a therapist? And I was like, honestly, I don't know. But I feel like I have to do something because she was afraid of shadows on the ground. She would, she was like stuck to me like glue. It was really worrisome. And so seeing this trauma informed therapist was really, uh, enlightening to me because I hadn't studied kids at all and didn't really realize just how fascinating they are and also how much they understand. 
And it really made me realize that a lot of us who are going through divorces with young kids don't realize how much they actually can understand about what's Mm -hmm. going on. And so it became a passion of mine to kind of spread the word about you know, what it means to talk to kids about difficult things, uh, how to do that, because I think a lot of there's a couple of like sort of buzz phrases, one of them being talk to kids in an age appropriate way. And the other is put the kids first. No one explains how you're supposed to do either of those things. And so it just becomes kind of like this repetitive, repetitive phrase where you're like, okay, and how do I do that? And the way that I figured out how to do both of those so things I'm at the laughing. same time. I'm laughing because I put po- I post those things all the time and the comments Everybody are like does. So how do I do that? I'm like, okay, yes. good question. Yes. <laughs> totally, because I think I think it's not that clear. And so what I did was I really just fell down a research rabbit hole about how kids learn about what they understand at different ages and what kind of language we need to use when we're talking to them. And, you know, basically, how do you make it age appropriate? Right. And really what I learned was from a developmental point of view, kids cannot hold information in their heads. That is a executive functioning skill that doesn't develop until much later on. And so that is the reason why books work so well for kids, because it's the same information repeated the same way over and over and over again. And when it's repeated that much, kids can like memorize entire books. And so I thought, how do I take something like complicated, like divorce and make it make sense to kids. Take this really abstract thing Mm -hmm. and make it concrete. And so what I did was I came up with what was essentially the first co-parenting calendar for children. I know it's so great. It's uh, and it was a game changer for my daughter. I could not believe what a difference it made to basically create a week-long calendar with little images, one that represented me, one that represented her dad, uh, so that she could see from a week when she was going to see her dad next. And it wasn't necessarily that she was dreading seeing him. It was that it was anxiety-provoking to her to not know when that was going to happen. And so... Yeah. I know. I Listen, my daughter was two when I separated, as you probably know. And Every morning, her first, like I would go into her bed and lay with her and wake her up. And her first question was, where am I sleeping tonight? Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like this poor thing. And yeah. and I created my own, like on a whiteboard. And then when my own calendar and that, that was de- the act of her having a part of it and having sort of like the autonomy to create it the way she wanted to, it Mm -hmm. gave her a sense of ownership over this lifestyle. But then once I found your products, it was like, oh, okay. Then it was, it became a whole lot more fun for her and just not having to hear that question in the morning. Yes. And the truth is as parents, we are hearing a hundred million questions all day, every day. And so many of those things can be answered with either a daily routine chart or a weekly co-parenting calendar. And our calendar is, has everything on it, like her school days, you know, I have a billion and a half stickers to customize the calendar for whatever family you know, things you're doing. But the most important thing is that it, like you were saying, this is owned by the child. 
because we, a lot of us have these command centers in our home, but the kids don't need to know about the cat's vet appointment. They need to know what, how things like are affecting their day to day. And because it's their calendar and their life being displayed, that sense of ownership happens and they develop a sense of pride over it. They're constantly checking it. It makes them feel important. Um, there's just so many cool things that happen from something that seems so simple. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of your daughter's anxiety, my daughter also is a little anxious, Annie. Um, how did you see her anxiety subside or change when you started implementing the tools like the calendar? I think it was it was a combination of both my learning how to validate her experience and show her what to expect every day mm-hmm. that was literally like night and day. It was absolutely unreal. Like she would not leave my side. She cried all the time. She had separation anxiety. Like she couldn't cope. Um, and then within like three months of my instituting the calendar, it was like the questions stopped about where she was going to be and when she was going to see people, which days were school days and all of those things. It was like she was able to relax because she didn't have all this stuff floating around in her head. And I just want to say like, this does not change with age. Like most of us are tethered to our phones in part because they tell us where in the hell we're supposed to be and when and what we're (laughs) supposed to do. If I didn't have my calendar, I'd freak out. We take for granted, I think, you know, I think our generation is the first, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking, probably my age. I'm 40. Okay. I'm turning 40 this year. We're the same age. I knew it. But our generation, I think, is the first to realize that children are not these little things we can string along and just Mm -hmm. hope they fall in line. They are these Mm -hmm. complex little beings. And we take for granted how much we know and how little they understand. Mm -hmm. And so like, even recently, when I was away um, over the vacation with my daughter, and I would like, wake up and get, get us dressed to go skiing every day. Like I didn't take into account. I was exhausted. My body hurt. I never stopped to think, Hey, are you okay today? Do you actually want to do this? And one day she was like, thank you for asking me. No, like I don't, I'm tired. And, you know, I find as moms, we're so hyper-focused after the separation on making sure we're okay and everything's fine. And we're going to keep things normal. And not that we don't put as much time and attention into our kids, but we don't realize until there's a problem how much we need to put time and attention into our kids because of this. And I also think we hear a lot, kids are resilient. They'll get Mm. over it. They'll be okay. And that really bothers me a lot because kids are no more resilient than we are. Like we're all recovering from our childhood traumas. Well, wait, we but just like don't have the words to talk about it. You're on a whole nother level of resilience, Sarah. Let's, <laughs> Maybe let's so. just be honest. Can we, I, I want to segue into your personal story because wow. Yeah. So I got over the divorce. I was like maybe four years post-divorce. I finally felt like things were coming together. I had met somebody really nice and I thought, oh, this has some potential. We could blend our families together. We're talking about serious stuff. And then I was diagnosed with cancer. My God. Yeah. I was 34. 
and was like, oh, now what? It was what kind of cancer was breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm Jewish and we have a lot of cancer in, um, in our family. Eastern Europeans. I know. Uh, it. Yeah. So my, my mom has had it. My dad's sister died from it. My mom's sister had it. Both my grandmothers had it. Like I was the only woman who hadn't had it yet. Uh, and I, but I didn't expect to have it at 34. Um, it was really shocking. And, you know, I think it was, I I remember saying to my mom, I just don't want this to be as hard as the divorce was because my divorce was so brutal and already it was like day two of having had a cancer diagnosis and it was already way worse. (laughs) Oh man. man. Um, but again, I thought now, now that I knew all of these things about how kids understand things, I thought, well, how do I explain this to my daughter in an age appropriate way? And I was like, I'm going to go get a book because all the books for kids out there for hard topics, like there's got to be something great. Well, I ordered like six books on Amazon and I did not like any of them. There were, they either didn't explain what cancer was. They sort of like glossed over it and then said things like cancer hates hugs. And so if you hug your mom, you know, that will help the cancer go away. And I just thought, how does nobody see that? Like, if the cancer doesn't go away, the kid is now going to blame themselves. Like, this right. Is not oh my gosh. How old was your daughter when all this? He was six. Okay. Um, And so I basically invented my own way to talk about cancer. I described what's how the body is built with cells. I explained how, how they work by building other cells and that sometimes a broken one gets made and all it knows how to do is build more cells that don't do anything. And so they crowd out all of the other cells that are trying to do their jobs and make the body work. And so we have to get rid of it so that the cell, the body can work right again. And I, I, even I was surprised by how well this conversation went. My daughter was like, are you going to die? And I said, no, that we caught it very early. There's only a couple of these little broken cells. We're going to get rid of them. Uh, sometimes people have a lot of broken cells or they like pack up and move to a different part of your body. And then you have to have, you know, this medicine that can make your hair fall out, but I don't have to have that. And she was like, okay. And like went in the other room and said okay, to my mom. What's for dinner? <laughs> yeah. She was like, so I learned that mom has this thing and I don't remember what it's called, but she's going to be okay. So, but then I went and had a double mastectomy. And when I woke up, found out that it had spread to my lymph nodes. Oh so I gosh. did end up having to have chemo. So, but that foundational conversation that I had made it so that we could, you know, I could say, actually, it turned out there were a couple more guys than we thought. But it's, it's going back to resilience. I'm sorry, I cut that off, but I had to, because you're amazing. Um, (laughs) Our kids become resilient from truth. And I don't Mm -hmm. think we, like, we spend so much time trying to sugarcoat shit for our kids, like, because it might help, but because Mm -hmm. your daughter already had the truth, like, hey, mommy's not okay. Here's what's mm-hmm. going to happen so that she can be okay. Mm-hmm. Anything after that, she was able to handle that much better. It wasn't like a blow. Yeah. I think there's, if there's anything that I have learned through this experience, because I have made a lot of friends with cancer, some of whom did not live. And 
a lot of people really are terrified to have this conversation with their kids. And it's not even just about cancer. I mean, any kind of hard conversation, whether it's divorce or whatever, you know, we get really worked up about it thinking that we have to do it right and if we don't do it right, then we've messed everything up and we're going to Or that it's a one-time conversation. Right. Like, these are ongoing conversations exactly. to be had throughout their lives. And you can always go back and say, I wish I would have said that a little bit differently. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, it's like, we don't want our kids to hurt and giving them bad news hurts. And we feel like we're the ones that are delivering hurt to our kids. Um And I think if there's anything, I think to feel better about that is that nobody gets out of this life unscathed. Something terrible is going to happen to every single one of us. And it sucks as parents to have that happen to our kids during their childhood. But if you can hold their hand through it, you are teaching them resilience that they will then be able to spend a lifetime falling back on. And that is incredible. That that is is incredible. But, and this is what you're doing through your work every single day, because you've understood the value of that firsthand. How old is your daughter now? She's 12. Tell us about her. Oh, she's so incredible. She's so incredible. I just can't, I can't even with this kid because I think I was just thinking last night as I was laying down for bed, I think it took me until I was like 39 to be able to really own myself and prioritize myself and, and set boundaries with people that like really felt good to me. Mm -hmm. My kid is 12 and is already doing this. Mine is eight and already does it. And I'm like, teach me your ways, please. It's just incredible to watch. But part of that is I think having the example of a mother who sets boundaries. And so she's learned it as just part, like, why would you do anything else? Why would you date somebody who's mean to you? Like, why would right. you do that? Or why like, would you watching be... the, yeah, yeah. why would you be friends with somebody who's mean to you? She has such great friends. She makes such amazing choices in part because she values herself. And I, I think it's just wonderful to watch. It's I, I'm so proud of her. And she's 12. And I'm thinking, I was dreading the teenage years thinking everybody says that they're just so awful. Everybody that I know with teenagers is like, this is awesome. The yeah. kids are not built the same way that they were when we were teenagers. Like I keep seeing all these TikToks of these moms that are like, when I was 14, I was sneaking out the bedroom window and stole my mom's car. And my kid doesn't want to take the trash out by himself because he's afraid there's somebody dark out there. <laughs> <gonna keep." laughs> you know, it's like she just, um, she makes smart choices. Yeah. Yeah. Good it's for cool. her. It's I love really to hear cool. that. Um, well, I mean, obviously no doubt because of all the work that you've been able to do with her and how quickly you were able to tap into the importance of her social emotional Mm -hmm. foundation. Like I said, like gone is this idea that kids are just there to be seen and not heard. And we have to feed them, clothe them and put them to bed and under Mm -hmm. a roof every night for them to be okay. So much more complex than that. And this is us breaking those cycles. So aside Mm -hmm. from your calendar, which I have 
promoted ad nauseum. And it's so great because when I do, people always write to me about it and they're like, that calendar changed my life. Oh, that's so awesome. That's no, so like wonderful. I'll have, I'll have clients or followers who say, my child hates going to the other parent's house. They, they don't want to go. Should I call my lawyer? And I'm like, well, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Is it the other parent or is it the transition? Is it the routine? Like what actually feels uncomfortable for the child here? Because a lot of times it has nothing to do with the other parent's house at all. It's all how we're getting them ready for it or not getting them ready for it, what we're saying, what we're not saying. Mm-hmm. So that visual is so helpful and has transformed experiences for so many people. I need you to know that. But you don't just have the calendar. What yeah. other products do you have for children who are now having to start being co-parented. Yeah. Uh, So right around the pandemic, like maybe six months after it, I started to see a lot of kids that were dealing with anxiety who were really struggling with their mental health. And at the same time, that mental health professionals were totally overwhelmed. And I started researching, you know, how parents can help their kids at home. And there was nothing out there. And I thought, that's not great. So I started talking to different mental health professionals, pediatricians, et cetera, and did a bunch of research and found that scientists had actually already figured out what kids need in order to have, you know, positive mental health, like what the protective factors are for positive mental health. And I thought, my experience with with the therapist when my daughter was young was it wasn't so much what the therapist did with my daughter as much as what she taught me in Mm -hmm. order to how to parent my daughter. And it really was eye-opening to me as far as how much power parents have. And I think when kids are little, we think, okay, like they're melting down. I like, I need to do things differently. When they get a little bit older, like elementary school, and we start to see some issues, we think their problems are so big. I can't possibly help. I need to find a therapist. And what I learned was that if we cre- if we nurture certain skills in ourselves and in our kids, we can make massive changes at home. And mm-hmm. so I created, uh, I partnered with an early childhood expert and we together we created a program called the Raising Resilience Program, which is a monthly subscription that includes some special time cards that you got um, and some uh, communication cards and all these different things to teach kids the skills that they need to protect from mental health crises. So goes into identifying emotions, understanding the nervous system and coping skills so the kids will actually do it. Um, And it's a monthly subscription. So basically that structure of the calendar and the routine chart are the foundation for positive mental health because understanding your life and being able to see it represented is really like that there is the foundation. Yeah. But then what do you do after that? Like, how do you build on your relationship with your child so that when they have bullies, when they have their first heartbreak, you know, whatever comes down the line, how do you be their go-to person? How do you have a common language so that you know how to help them? Mm -hmm. And so that was what that program is all about. And it's funny, I was talking to my partner about it um, because we were trying to, we're going to create a couple more boxes for younger kids. 
And we were like, seriously, every one of these products is so awesome. It could be its own business. Because <laughs> <It could> be. <laughs> we have a really amazing journal, like really, really cool things. I just had one of the things, which is a room reset chart that teaches kids like mental health wise, how you take care of your space. It's at a million views on TikTok. Holy I was like, bananas. <laughs> yeah. It just... We- we need to get you on Oprah. What are you doing here on my podcast? Please. I love Oprah. So, you know, your, your mouth to God's ears. If yes, I can be my best friend and cool with that. <laughs> Where are you based? I'm in Oregon. Okay. Way far yeah. away from me. Yeah. I was in California and we moved to Oregon about a year ago uh, to be closer to my parents. Cause as a single parent, it's really, it's really important to have some, have some support. So I, I know it. Don't I know it? They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self, and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. I want to talk about your special time cards for a second though, because the co-parenting calendar, super helpful, but I've realized being a working mom and a mom who does so much, I have my hands in so many things professionally, and then, you know, got a personal life. I have a husband, PTA, soccer, blah, 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 all the things that Bella was really starting to crave this one-on-one time with me. And I wasn't noticing it because she was not necessarily asking for it. She was just, there were certain moods and behaviors. And so I got the special time cards, which I'm going to sit here. And ladies and gentlemen, I don't get a dollar for this, but I'm (laughs) going to promote that if you are a busy single parent, you give your child this little box of cards. They're a little bit bigger than playing cards. And you tell you you go through them with your child, pick out the ones that your child really enjoys. There's a different activity on each card and let your child know. You can have a safe word or a signal or something that they say when they feel like they really need that time with you and you stop what you're doing, no phones, have them pick one of the cards and do whatever activity is on there. There's one on there for manicures and <laughs> that's, that's Bella's favorite, but um. But just your child knowing, because your child sees and feels everything you're going through, when they see that you're busy and you're flustered, they want to stay out of your way. And this is where parentification happens and they start Mm. trying to take care of themselves. You want to avoid that because you're there to take care of them. So make these special time cards like a part of your routine every day or every weekend or whenever you can, because it's going to go so far in helping your child form that safe and secure and stable attachment that we know that they need to you. Yeah, I, it's funny. Am I your new spokeswoman? Yeah, I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, I was thinking, you know, as you were talking when my daughter was little and it was, 
it was just so hard for me to play. Like I was so stressed with the divorce and with work and with all the things that I couldn't access that part of myself that could be playful. And it made me, it actually made me feel like I was crawling out of my skin when it came to playing with my daughter. Nobody likes to play with with bossy little kids. I'm sorry. It's not fun. And there's so much guilt around that. And the idea with the special time cards is that they're color coded. So the blue ones are chill. The pink ones are art. The orange ones are uh, active, you know, so you can choose from all of these different uh, cards based on what your mood is. And so like, if you are exhausted and you cannot handle playing the floor is lava, or quite frankly, if you just hate it, you just offer them the cards that you're in the mood to play and it, and you let them choose from a few different cards you're willing to play. And it, it makes playtime actually enjoyable for both of you. And then I actually, there was a influencer who I sent a um, deck of these cards to, and she is, uh, has ADHD. And she was like, I I'm loving these cards because (laughs) I get really bored playing these things with my kids. And so I get to get all excited and be like, let's choose another card. I feel like I'm going to claw my eyeballs out from playing this. (laughs) And I was like, well, that's something I hadn't considered. Like, yeah, that's a great idea because nobody wants to play Barbies for seven hours. Right. And so the idea with this special time is you basically set it a time in your routine for 15 minutes a day. You can get a visual timer and it is absolutely a game changer because you're right. Kids don't ask for that time. They ask for it with their behavior. And when they're really, really irritating, it's probably because they want attention. Absolutely. And that 15 minutes, I'm sure is no coincidence. It is because that is the time that is scientifically proven to be the Appropriate amount of time to foster connection between you and your child. 15 minutes is all it takes and it's not a lot. So like live it up in those 15 minutes. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. I try and do something. I, I will say like being in this phase of my life where I am divorced and my daughter is co-parented, I try and find something every single day to do with her so that I know that we are having that time, whether it's cooking, she loves to help me cook, but it doesn't take much and you don't need to be a Disney parent to secure that attachment with your child at all. On the contrary, it's the simple basic things. It's sitting on the floor and coloring together. That goes so much further than a trip to Disney World. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think one of the things that I really want to get across to parents is that you do not have to be a superhero to be an incredible parent. Like I am so opposed to the whole super mom thing. There is so much information out there about all the things that we are doing wrong. And at the end of the day, we don't need to do all of that stuff. We really don't. You're so right. Yesterday, one of my good friends, we were at soccer practice and she mentioned that she was, she took a break from social media. She took it off her phone. And I'm like, why would you do that? Like we're all, (laughs) you know, but she said, she was like, you know, I follow all these amazing parenting people, but every single post I read made me feel like I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't doing it right. And I just kind of want to parent 
by myself without these like, you know, social mm-hmm. pressures of like, but did you do this? And did you say this? And how did you handle that? And and there's something to be said for that. There really is. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think one of the things, so part of that Raising Resilience program is that we took all of the data that comes from all, all the research studies from all those thick parenting books that I don't know about you, but for until I gave up, I had a huge stack of them on my nightstand of things like the whole brain child, like all these things that I thought I need to read that in order to be a good parent. Mm -hmm. We took all that stuff. We took everything that you need to know out of every single bit of research. And we put it into this little tiny booklet so that you can learn how to teach the skill with the stuff that you actually need to know that isn't going to make you feel guilty, isn't going to make you feel like a terrible parent. And we got rid of all the extraneous fluff that makes you feel terrible. You, and it's awesome. You're, you're <laughs> a gift. And you have such like a great energy. I love talking to you. I loved it from the minute you signed on. Um, where can everybody learn more about you and all of the amazing products you have? Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's mightyandbright.com. And then I'm on all the social media except to Twitter um, at Mighty and Bright Co. <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> I just couldn't. I know. Yeah. Whoops, I know. I'm not a TikToker. It sounds like you are. You know, I love TikTok. I gotta get on board. Listen, you can train that algorithm to show you nothing but funny cat videos. It is the best thing ever. But that's that's precisely what I use it for is every day. Bella's like, can we just watch some doggy videos? And, mm-hmm. and we watch. Okay. Maybe I'll get on TikTok. It's so awesome. I love it. I just But in the day. meantime, I'm just really I'm I can't stress enough. Um I I everybody I have Sarah on the podcast because I know there is value to what she's providing because I've used it because Bella's life has been transformed in the co-parenting sense because of it. And so just take a look. It's all so amazing. And I know everybody, everybody will be so grateful that they did. Um, Thank you everyone for being here. If you have more questions, if you are ready to take the next step and become a divorce coach, you know, you can join any one of our next trainings to become a moving on method certified divorce and co-parenting coach. We'd love to have you email us at info at momsmovingon.com. And we'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my Moving On Method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, Certified Divorce and Co-Parenting Specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. 
I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.